Okay, today, today we will be studying the Mishnayot for January 1st, Masechet Brachot, the third chapter, second and third Mishnah. The previous Mishnah mentioned uh, that those that are bearing the mate and the immediate relatives of the mate, again the deceased, they are exempt from Kriyat Shema because they are Osik Mitzvah, because they are engaged in the mitzvah of Kvurata mate. You know, they're involved in the mitzvah of bearing the mate as well as comforting the mate. This Mishnah discusses uh, a third category of people. The category of people um, referring to those that are in attendance at the funeral. Again, they're not bearing, they're not the immediate relatives, they're there. They're there to offer words of condolences uh, to the immediate relatives of the deceased. Now, the custom is that after the funeral, um, those that have come create rows and the immediate relatives walk by these rows or walk in between these rows and the people in the row offer, again, words of condolences to the mourners. Now, that's considered being osik in a mitzvah. That's considered being involved in a mitzvah, which would create an exemption of, you know, an exemption from saying kriyachma. Nevertheless, there was time from the burial to the time that you created the row. Like let's say it took a couple minutes. So the Mishnah says that if you're able to say Kriyat Shema while you're on the way from the actual burial to the creation of the rose, then you should say Kriyat Shema. If you're not able to complete Kriyat Shema by the time you get to the row, then you, should, then you are exempt. You know, no reason to start. And hopefully you'll have time afterwards uh, to say uh, the Kriyat Shema. That's what the Mishnah says. Cover us They buried the deceased. If they're able to start and finish the entire paragraph before they reach the row, then yaschilu. Then they should start. Then they should not start. Now in the row, not everyone made it to the front row to row A. Some were row B, row C. So those people uh, could sort of get away with saying kriyachma and still. Um, achieve their purpose of, you know, being in attendance and being, you know, on these rows, because part of it was not necessarily through words, but the presence, you know, when the mourners walk by and they see how many people, you know, have come to the funeral, that also is a comfort, again, to the mourners. So the mission says only those that are in front row, the people that are face-to-face to the mourners walking by, those are the people that are exempt from saying Krishma. Vahachitzonim, but the people on row B, the people on the outside, who cannot really be seen by the people, you know, by the mourners walking by, those people, Chayavin, are obligated in Kriyachma. Now, the next uh, Mishnah is, uh, is an extremely important Mishnah, a very relevant Mishnah. Uh, we could probably talk a very long time about this Mishnah, which the, the Gemara uh, does, but I'm, I'm going to explain everything uh, pretty uh, briefly. Um, and if you do want to hear an extended version of this uh, Mishnah, with my uh, explanations and interpretation, uh, please WhatsApp me and I will sort of send you the, the longer version. I do want to keep this brief. The Mishnah says like this, The Mishnah says that women and avadim, now avadim here refers to a non-Jewish slave. Now, a non-Jewish slave actually, the Gemara tells us, goes through a mini conversion. Um, well, I guess it's a full conversion, but it, it's, it's not complete until he is freed. So the non-Jewish slave enters into the Jewish home. He gets the circumcision. He goes to the mikvah, and that makes him in a Jew. However, he's only obligated in the mitzvos that a woman is obligated, which means he's exempt from the time-bound positive commandments. Again, those that have a 
limited time to perform the mitzvah or seasonal mitzvahs, um, they are exempt. Again, Nashim and Avadim and non-Jewish slaves, are, you know, now they are Jewish, they have the same status. So the Mishnah here says like this, that Nashim and Avadim are exempt from Kriyachma. What the Mishnah is coming to say is that, of, that of course Kriyachma is a time-bound mitzvah, you know, we clearly spoke about that in the beginning of the Masech, the beginning of the track date, only three hours into the day, middle of the night. So you would have thought that maybe Kriyat Shema is such an important foundational mitzvah that they are obligated in. Therefore, says the mission, no, Nashim and Avadim are in fact exempt from Kriyat Shema. Tfilin, again, same thing with Tfilin. Tfilin is, of course, also AO. And the reason why women and Avadim are exempt from Tfilin is, again, again, Tfilin is also a time-bound commandment because the mitzvah of Tfilin only applies during the day and not at night, according to most opinions. But women and Avadim are archive in prayer. Now, prayer also is somewhat uh, time-bound, right? We're going to learn uh, very soon, in a couple of days, um, about, you know, when you could pray the morning service, the afternoon service, the evening service. However, it says the Gemara, Tefillah Rachamhi. Tefillah is their task. Mercy, Tefillah is there to come close to Hashem. And it's an entirely different nature than, you know, the text of Kriyachma, which is more of, like, I would say, a declaration as opposed to a prayer. Uh, so the mission does tell us that women are obligated in prayer. Ubi mezuzah, women are obligated in mezuzah, which seems obvious, it's not time-bound in any way. And they are also obligated in Birkata Mazon. Now, regarding Birkata Mazon, that's also pretty obvious that they are obligated in Birkata Mazon. It's not a time-bound commandment. It's limited uh, to eating. Uh, it's not limited to time. However, the Gemara does have a bit of a doubt because in the Berkat Amazon we mention the fact that Allah Aretz Atova Shnasanlach. We mention the concept of of Hashem giving us Eretz Yisrael, and the Gemara does say that the way the portions were given out were sort of given to the men of the family, and again they were sort of the ones in, in charge of the Nachla. Again, we all know the story of the daughter of, of Tzlavchad in, 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 you know, in terms of receiving a portion in the land of Israel, uh, but that's only in that case because you know there were no sons. So the, the Gemara sort of leaves off in a doubt. So whether women are obligated on a biblical level in Berkat Mazon or obligated on a rabbinic level, but either way, uh, women are obligated in Berkat Mazon. Now, I just mentioned the part of women. Regarding children, uh, the Mishnah says children are exempt from Krishma and from Tefillin. The reason is that even though you're obligated to educate your children, um, Kriyat Shema and Tefillin is different. Kriyat Shema is, is done late at night, sometimes early in the morning, and children are expe- aren't expected to be up that, that early or that late, and therefore they're exempt from uh, Kriyat Shema. And Tefillin also, Tefillin, although again you're supposed to educate your children when they reach the appropriate age, uh, Tefillin is uh, different, because Tefillin, you're, um, we have to have confidence that the person wearing the Tefillin is, is properly taking care of their bowel movements, taking care of their body, and therefore children cannot be expected to do so, so they're exempt from Tefillin. But they are obligated in Tefillah, in Mezuzah, Mezuzah not so common, the children are living in their own house, and Birkata Mazon. So again, those are the Mishnayot for uh, January 1st. I hope you all have a wonderful day and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study Torah.